Oh my god, this is not a podcast episode. This is not a podcast episode, but I decided to put the music in there anyway, and I decided to label it as an episode. Or did I? I don't I don't really I don't know what I'm going to do with this. But anyway, I, I wanted to check in. It's been a couple of months. Uh, or has it? I'm going to actually check. And yeah, it's yeah, a couple of months. Uh, two and a half. Two and a half months. So the, the, the skinny is that um, Al's child, you know, not, not, not only is it a child and a living, breathing apparatus or an organism i should say um his his saturdays his weekends which is when we would usually record are 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 now less available um evelyn his wife is working on the weekends and so you know and and this is something that you know i'm sure you you will learn when when you have childs of your own and 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 you are in a a relationship with the person who gave you said child or who enabled you to have said child, you, you share that responsibility. And Al's being a responsible father. Uh, and his Saturdays are spent uh, rearing this young man into a, a, a strapping, bustling street fighter pro. At the age of five, he's going to dominate the scene. No, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, you know, Al's really busy. Al's always been a really busy person, and for him to even scrounge up sometimes recording an episode takes around three to three to four hours because there's some setup and sometimes you know shit happens. Um, so for him to carve out that amount of time to just nonstop go and talk, you know, for him to be able to do that was huge. Um. I'm surprised he was able to do that. The man deals with a lot. Uh, his, his work has a strange schedule. And then, you know, you, you, you bring Junior into the fold and, and, and the Street Fighter parrying lessons that come with it. And, you know, he's got very you know, precious little time on his hands. Um, so the podcast has been in kind of flux. Um, I was kind of hit with that sometime last year and the year before, if you'll remember. You know, we, we stopped doing weeklies. Um, because, you know, I was getting busy and obviously he was as well. So, but, um, on my end of things, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out when I can't do it with Al, who can I bring in and, you know, who, who can we get that rhythm with who can jump in on a Saturday or on a Friday when Al can do it and, and do a threesome, um, I haven't been in contact with Pete lately. Um, I know he's he's busy um, doing his thing, though, and you should go check his YouTube channel out. But um, he he's had a whole lot of stuff happen to him since the last time he was on the podcast. I think it's what it sounds like. You know, he moved, uh, did this and that. So, um, you know, certainly would welcome him back. Ethan and Tony, you know, from from years back, they've they've got things going on as well. Um, so, 
you know, just just figuring out. And I don't I don't want this to end up being like some weird carousel where, um, where every week it's kind of a, a new person with whom I've never really spoken at length to about stuff, and then the week after that I won't get to speak to him or her about that stuff. You know what I mean? It, the the thing that I've loved about doing this is regardless of whoever was on the show at whatever given point in time it it was always someone who I had had some level of continuous contact with to have a conversation about something and then continue that conversation or that theme or at least that topic you know a couple of weeks later um I've always been kind of um, I've and maybe this is not a bad thing, but sometimes it is. I've always fallen into the trap of you know wanting to get more out of a topic. Ah, oh, we got to wrap this topic up. It's time, but, but no, I know you have more to say, and I have more to say. Um, there's and there's is more to say. That's interesting. That's fun. Uh, that's a bit challenging to 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 converse about. You know so. Maybe, maybe maybe I should just do that. You know, I've got plenty of friends from, you know, when I would go to rock band um, in New York. The, you know, there's there several places to play rock band at, at a bar and, you know, just, you know, have an event out of it. And one of my friends was the one who created and ran one of those. And another one of my friends, who was his friend, actually, you know, helped host it. You know, and so the, there's not a shortage of people it's just the unfamiliarity of their schedules and of the regularity with which they could sit down and record something with me. So I have to figure that out. And I also, you know, this is not the same thing without Al. You know, this is not really – let me put it this way. When I take a look back at what TryGames.net has been and is, it's never been really a video game website. It has been uh, – it has been something that has helped me and Al stay in touch. It has been something that has allowed us to have fun and learn, both in terms of, you know, how do you shoot video? How do you record a podcast? How do you improve your writing? How do you code? How do you design? Clearly, the designing part has not been <laughs> that fruitful because our site is, you know, is, you know, I think our old site was ugly. This one isn't so much ugly as it is plain, but it's. I think it's less ugly than the old one. But you know what I mean. It, it, it's 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 not a video game website where you go for for news and pro reviews. No, it's just two guys saying, "Yo, this is what we think about this." This is me playing Worms Crazy Golf, and you can tell that I'm staring at the front page of the site because I'm reading directly off the site. It's it's us just. You know, having somewhere to put something rather than write in our journals and put it under our bed or or, or whatever. You know, we, we, we put it somewhere. We have an outlet and we put it somewhere because, you know, maybe some people are interested and maybe some people aren't. But, you know, that's what it is. Um, and without Al regularly showing up to podcasts, it makes it very hard for me to want to do it because – you know that that's the duo that that's the partner in crime um so i'm going to figure some things out how can i put out more content um 
at least audio wise because that's the easiest thing for us to do right now it's it, it's it's easier than sitting down and writing and editing a review the last one i wrote was one um final fantasy 7 uh yeah final fantasy 7 um i wrote a thing about my my you know clip zip my sandisk mp3 player thing um we did a couple of videos those are hard too um Maybe I just do this. Maybe I check in and, and people are like, I don't want to fucking listen to you. I don't know. Anyway, um, there are literally maybe two or three people out there listening to this right now at most. So, you know, it's not a big deal to me. But, you know, if, if it keeps you from being bored, then I want to continue, you know, putting stuff out. Anyway, so Al is out of the picture for the time being um, or at least for the for most of the time. Like every so often I think we'll be able to put something together. Um but it's been too long, so I wanted to check in. Okay, so that's it. That's it for the check-in. And now uh, for, you know, what's been on the roster? What's been on the docket, let's say? This is a docket. This is this is a courtroom. Um, the biggest thing that I've been working on, Persona 3 Portable. Uh, it, in disparate pieces, you wouldn't think it's something that uh, that would appeal to me, specifically with regards to the game structure of dungeon crawliness i i've always played those types of games more out of obligation than out of actual enjoyment of what it means to crawl a dungeon specifically a randomized dungeon uh some of the and this cat is incredibly hungry so you might hear her um but yeah persona 3 you know it, it, it has this tower Right, that you explore and that you ascend floor after floor after floor. Each floor is randomly generated. And the game flow, at least from that exploration standpoint, is you go into this tower, you explore a few floors until you're just kind of done for the day, and then you save and you leave. And... You know that that sounds like that sounds like a dungeon crawler. I don't like those types of games. In fact, I think it's really dumb. But around it, there's so many things that I like. Um, I spent a good long time with Shin Megami Tensei Devil. Jesus Christ, I'm gonna fuck. Devil Survivor Overclocked. Yes, that's what it was for the for 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 the DS for the 3DS. And part of what sucked me into that was, and, and I actually do think that was a better game in certain respects than Persona 3 Portable. Um, but, but part of what sucked me into that, that's also sucking me into this, is you know the, the, the demons in that game and the Persona in this game. Um, they're more or less equivalent to each other where... You, you know, you go into that Pokemon mentality of you got to catch them all, right? You you recruit Persona into your party, um, and they become linked to your main character, and then you can fuse them together, ha- make them have sex, and pop out the baby, uh, and 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 you get a third Persona. Well, you fuse the two together, and you you get a new one that you know. Then those other two go into the ether because they you know whatever. And you get the abilities of that 
the core abilities of the of the persona that you've generated as well as some of the abilities that get passed down from the so-called parents um so you know you could make i'm gonna make up a name here you could make a demon persona in a couple of different ways depending on how you've built up the 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 persona that that created that demon um, or there are different combinations of persona that could still create the same guy called demon. So you're, you, th- there's a good chance that you know one, you know this first demon that you create could be different from the first demon that you know your friend down the street creates, who's also playing Persona Three Portable. And that's what's cool about it. And that's what was always cool about you know the Devil Survivor Overclocked was that whole you know how how, how can I make them sex up and then have a different type of demon and you know that the the fun was in that and there's a lot of that here um but then outside of the just the straight up dungeon crawling which is really what turned me away from i think what was it called strange journey which was not randomized it was just anyway and you leave that tower and you have your you have a life to live you are a student in a high school you have relationships to maintain, tests to pass, things like that. Now, it, it's not overly complicated, mind you. It's it's not like you're doing The Sims where you have to micromanage your guy. No, it's not like that. Um, it's it's more about high level time management instead of micromanagement. So. During certain parts of the school year, you will have exams. So you got to make sure your character studies. Do you actually have to study? No. But you, you know, you, you direct your character to the library or to his desk in his dorm room and say, Would you like to study for the night? And you say, Yes. And that's studying. But as you're studying, you can't do other things that you might want to do. Studying takes the entire afternoon and or the entire night, right? So if you wanted to go out at night, uh, well, that actually nighttime's different, so forget that. But if you wanted to go out and 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 go on a date with this girl during the daytime after school, you can do that. You lose that amount of time for studying. You lose that amount of time for for going to the swim team. You lose that amount of time for going to student council and working on on certain shit, right? And and the same thing goes for anything else. You take the time to swim, and you won't have time for the girl and whatever. Now, again, like I said, it's not micromanagement because if you tell someone you're going to go to swim practice and you don't and at least this is as far as I've seen I've been playing this for maybe about 30 hours I mean maybe about 60% of the game but as far as I've seen if you tell the dude that you're going to go if you tell the swim captain that you're going to go swim and you don't do it that day it's fine he's not going to be mad at you right you tell this girl that you're going to go see her after school and you don't – well, actually, I don't know this because I've actually always gone after the girl because that seemed like the easiest way to kind of level up – and I'll explain this in a second. But it seemed like the easiest way to level up that relationship was – or I should say that seemed like the easiest relationship to level up. right? So it's – like I said, it's high-level time management. It's not about keeping everybody's meter at an optimal level like, oh, his happiness is great. Her happiness is great. Now I have to make sure to keep this this person happy as well. It's just about what are you going to do today? And if you choose to do this one thing today, you just can't do the other. And you know, just just keep that in mind. 
One exception that I might have is, you know, if, if you end up going out with a girl a lot and you get to a high level in that relationship, I think she says something to the, to the effect of, I would just die if I saw you, you know, going out on a date with another girl or flirting with another girl or something like that. And because I didn't want to risk that, I have never tried to, you know, engage in um, any other type of of that type of relationship with anybody else. So I don't know if that actually does something or if that's just, you know, window dressing. But as far as everything else, that's window dressing, right? Um, so it gives you that liberty to max out things or or to not have to worry about downgrading your relationship with the other person and still get stuff done. And the relationships come into play when you fuse, when when you make your persona have the sexy time. Meaning every person that you have a relationship with or every type of person, like it's what's called a social link. And that girl has, I forgot what her social link category is. I think it's called power or whatever. But those categories correspond to the type of, I'm, I forget what the in-game term for this is, but I'm just, for be- lack of a better term, I'm just going to call it race. It corresponds directly with the race of the persona that are in the game, right? So if you are going to fuse together two persona to create this new demon who is of the race power, the closer your relationship is with the girl that you date, who is of class power, it, that's represented as a, as a level, as, as all JRPGs do. It's a level. It's, it's a numeric level from 1 to 10. And the higher that number is, the more kind of bonus experience points that newly born persona is going to receive the instant that you fuse it together. So if you've reached the max level of 10 with the girl that you're dating, every persona of the race power that you create, the instant that you hit that fuse button, it's going gonna, it's gonna to present himself to you, at him or her or itself to you, and then it's going to be like, oh my god, I'm leveling up, and a whole shitload of bonus experience points are going to be, are going to cascade upon this this new baby demon or whatever, and, and it'll level up maybe three to four levels, um, which is particularly useful, because you cannot fuse together a persona that has a higher level than you. So for instance, if you try to fuse together demons A and B, which will create demon C, and that demon C's level will end up being higher than your current character level you cannot fuse that thing together, right? So you're blocked off from creating high level, higher level persona than your own character, but you can circumvent that with a higher relationship to a person, right? So you'll create a persona C that is of level 28. You're level 30, right? But because that persona has that high social link going for it, he, he or she or it can jump from level 28 to level 34, which is higher than your current level. So that's a way to create powerful persona, and that's another kind of addicting aspect of it. Where, ooh, I know that you know I should be hanging out with this person or, or, or attending swim practice or doing whatever to build up that level, and, and let me see what kind of bonuses I can get when I, when, when I make these two persona bone and give me that. So it, it, it's just all wrapped around together quite nicely, and that takes the monotony out of the... It takes the monotony out of the dungeon crawling because you know there's all this other stuff that you have to do or that you can do, I should say. Um, and it's a school year. You're, in, you're in, in class. And, like, half the time when you're in class, like, they will ask you a question and you will have to answer it without having studied. So, like, shit like which way does the toilet water flow in the southern hemisphere? 
like I got that wrong because I forgot what the answer was. But like you know things like that where you either know it or you don't, or you can just go to Wikipedia and look it up. But you know, getting those answers right increases things like your charm and your courage. And I think I forgot what other at what other um statistic you have. But those also affect your interactions with other people. It's all tied together. It's like it's so more or less it is part dating sim esque and part dungeon crawler. And that all comes together really nicely. I really enjoy the game. Um I'm glad that I got it and I'm glad that I can take it with me. That's key. I had Persona three um, did I have Fez? No, I had the regular Persona 3 for PS2. I never opened it. I ended up being able to sell it for a nice amount of money. But, no, I did have Fez. It was Fez. But I don't think I would have played it that much. Because, you know, I, 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 I'm really restricted to portable, portable gaming nowadays. Um, more so than ever. Even though I do sit down on my console once in a while. So it's nice to have on the road. It's a very good game. It's, it, it, it's, um... I don't know what that says for Persona 4 yet. That's the big one. I'm going to I'm going to get Persona 4 Golden on Vita. Um but it's certainly it's certainly different enough from the typical, you know, Final Fantasy type of game that I'm used to out of a JRPG. Um that I enjoy it. You know, it's not just Oh, it's a random battle, and then you know you your guys are on the right side of the screen, and the the enemies are on the left side of the screen, and you know you you've got an active time battle meter that we took from whatever, or maybe they panned it. I don't know. So you know, oh, one last thing: the battle system is, but you know, there's I I think there's a common thread between all Persona games where you really focus on the enemy weakness, um, to propel yourself forward in battle. If you hit the enemy with something that they are weak against, whether it be an elemental type of magic or a type of a strike, piercing, striking, or slashing, or whatever, if they're weak against it, you knock, you basically knock them down. You know, and when they're knocked down, they really don't do anything. If you manage to knock down all the enemies on the screen, then everybody, you you're basically given a free attack where all of your characters in the party can dogpile on all the enemies and deal a massive amount of you know of of damage, massive damage. Great, thanks. Um, so you always want to you know you always want to do that 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 look up and, and and you get a free look up. Like you don't need to spend magic points to do anything like peep. I'm sorry, what's it called? Libra in Final Fantasy games. You don't have to spend magic points to do that. You just get your outside help to do that for you, and then it'll tell you, oh, here are your weaknesses, and then you can strategize, what persona do I want to equip? I should attack these enemies in this way. I should knock them all down, get my entire party involved, and you can sometimes go through battles multiple rounds without ever taking a hit because you focus on those weaknesses, and the challenge is, is that you have the same problems as well. They hit you with something that your persona is weak against, they'll knock you down, and they'll have extra turns. So, you know, that that's a that's a nice intriguing way to build the battle system up. I think um, Devil Survivor Overclocked had a similar thing where if you hit an enemy with a critical hit or you hit them with a weak, uh, hit their weak point, you would get an extra turn. So, you know, not having played most other Shin Megami Tensei family games, I would assume that that's part of the shtick, and it's a good one. Uh, it separates itself away from the other JRPGs enough to have it have it be its own thing. Um, I have also been playing, hmm, I'm sure I've played a couple of things since I last 
recorded with Al um, on consoles. I just can't remember them at this point. Persona 3 has been the big thing. Parasite Eve, I gave up on. Fuck that shit. Parasite Eve 2, I gave on. Fuck, gave up on. Fuck that shit. It, mechanically, it was a much better game. Okay, mechanically, mechanically. For the most part, mechanically, it was a much better game than Parasite Eve. It, it felt more just like a, you know, not like a, we're trying to mash together RPG aspects and action aspects. I mean, no, they were just like, no, this is going to be more like an action game. The problem is the mother-loving tank controls. I hate them. I, at a certain point, I was just like, that's enough. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And it's a shame because everything else about that game was great. Um, I gave up on that. And I think that's when I went into Persona 3. So I guess you could say Persona 3 has been a good month and a half of my time. Uh, I beat Mario 3D Land. I'm No, I didn't fully beat it. There was the last stage that I couldn't beat. But for the most part, I, 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 I got through it. Love that game. I think it's something probably the best 3DS game out there for the time being. Oh, green of that. No. 3DS line is better. Mm. I picked up Mario Galaxy again to just slowly... I think Mario Galaxy is going to be my distraction game where every so often when I'm sick of my main, I'm just going to pick it up and pick up some stars. Because I really, I really want to get to Xenoblade and The Last Story. I really want to get to those. And I really want to get to all those other games that I have for you know GameCube and Wii that I would play on it. And I think I'm going to save Final Fantasy X for the Vita if it comes out in America as that remake. So I'll, you know, I'll do that then. Um, i got to finish Lost Odyssey. I, I have not found any intriguing reason to pick it back up, even though I enjoyed it while I was playing it. So I think it, I was at the stupid part where it required stealth. Sorry. Hate it in an RPG. Hate it. What else am I currently playing? Um, there is this... Uh, believe it or not, a couple of tablet games... But, and I stress this, only because they're there. And I'm curious. If I didn't have a tablet, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to get one for these games. Let's be clear about that. Let's not say these are bad. They're just not the type of games that I need. So, first up is Dungeon which, you know, if you listen to the Giant Bombcast, Brad Shoemaker talked about this a little bit. It is exactly like he says. It's a roguelike smashed together with Minesweeper. And by that, I mean... It's one of those things, you go into a dungeon, and you go as far as you can, then you die. That's it. But there's a little bit of persistence to it, where every time you go into that dungeon, and you build up your character's abilities, the abilities stay with you. And so it allows you to go deeper and deeper and deeper into that dungeon. The Minesweeper part comes in, where every floor of the dungeon is really, all it is is just this grid. And it's a grid of covered squares. And you can uncover squares by tapping on them, but you're only able to uncover the squares that are adjacent to an already open space. So you can't just be like, I'm going to open all four corners of this floor. No, you're going to start out on a square, and you can only un- open up those the four squares that touch it, and then from there you can only open up the four squares that touch those squ- empty areas and so on. Um, and sometimes you'll uncover an enemy which blocks off a certain group of squares which you can't uncover until you beat the enemy. And how do you beat the enemy? You tap on it. So it's all just tapping, 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 tapping. You pick up items for potions, 
or, or items such as potions for healing and and you get buffs and debuffs and you know you have a limited inventory and it's 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 a neat amusing entertaining little thing for your tablet if you have one and you you know you you, you don't feel like putting giving a lot of investment into like a hardcore game like I seem to be doing nowadays I sometimes I just don't want to put the heart into it it's a nice little pickup I can't remember how much I got it for. I think maybe two ninety nine or something worth you know worth the three dollars. It's 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 a nice thing, um, but again, if you didn't have an iPad or an Android tablet, I wouldn't say go buy it for this. I downloaded the room. Haven't played it yet. Um, I what else on tablet am I playing? I've been playing. A little bit of those JRPGs that this company, Kemco, seems to be literally... Okay, I hate it when people use the word literally wrong, and I'm about to do it, so I'm going to recant. Figuratively shitting out these games. Like, every three months, oh, there's a new Android RPG from Kemco. And they all look the same. Which is a criticism that, you know, a lot of people level against RPGs as a whole. They all look the same. But these ones really do, like more so. It, anyway, I'm so I'm playing through this one, and you know, there's really no, there's really very little that differentiates it from from a template Final Fantasy experience, which is to say, if you took the battle system and the visual styling people are on the right, enemies on the left and cobbled it together to make your RPG it could be easily mistaken for Final Fantasy it's just like how RPG Maker RPGs all look like Dragon Quest what's different is in the writing and if you can come up with any interesting character development gameplay tweaks which is why something like Persona works well. If you took Persona and you said, hey, characters on the right, enemies on the left, the menus look the same, it would still be a unique experience because the writing is different and because of that whole Persona experience and because you're in a dating center. That type of thing. So this, what is it called? Eve of the Genesis that I'm currently playing from Kemco on the thing? It's as RPG maker as you can get. I don't know how to put it I don't know how to put it any more eloquently. It's like you're a hero and an old threat's returning and you have to go and find somebody and you have to go across a sea to do it and so you need a boat and so you, so the writing's not there. Gameplay is basically Final Fantasy 1 which you know, all respect to a revolutionary title, doesn't cut it anymore. I go back to the GBA version of Final Fantasy, and like after about five hours, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I don't want to go through this game again. Um, the visuals are... It has some nice hand-drawn anime portraits, whoopee, because that's rare. Um, the tiling, the graphics and the tiling, it just looks... It looks more colorful that... It looks as or more colorful than a 16-bit game. 
but artistically worse. Don't know how to put it any better than that. Um, the character growth system is just, oh, I found a rock, so I'm going to enhance my skill with this rock. So it's just like, it's like the old trick of like, how am I going to learn spells in Final Fantasy III? Will I buy them? Oh, that's interesting. So, I don't know. I've got two more of those that I got free from the Amazon App Store like a year and a half, two years ago. I'll give them a try to see if they're any different, but man, those are generic as they come. And I suppose if if your goal is, look, I'm going on this trip where I don't have that much room to pack all my portables or... I don't want to spend a lot of time paying attention to the game that I'm playing. I just want to have something to kind of click at. I guess this game is okay. I'd rather play Dungeon than this. I, you know, it, it, I'd much rather play Dungeon than that thing. Because at least Dungeon a neat concept. An original concept-ish. Anyway. I beat Max Payne 3. I played that on Steam. Thought it was beautiful. Um... For a while, I was like, the gameplay is, you know, uh, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I, I max-pained myself out in Max Pain 1 and 2. And especially because he made it a little bit more difficult, um, I feel. I feel Max Pain 1 and 2 weren't as difficult as this one is. And, like, those were fun. They were so repetitive, but they were fun because you could just breeze, almost breeze through them. And this one, not so much. But eventually I got some momentum going, and I just enjoyed looking at the game and, and, and the kind of battle scenarios that they put you in. And I was yeah, this is g- good on Rockstar for making a Max Payne game that, in my opinion, is nowhere, is not as fun as 1 or 2, but still fun on its own and still, you know, shows that you can still kind of have fun with this type of game. Um, you know, and, and just from a personal standpoint, there's something that that grips me about Max Payne that, you know, were I to score it, I would say it's a four to five and I'm probably over overscoring it, but that based on, you know, the fact that you know, I just happen to have an affinity for the Max Payne style of game, that's why I would leave it as where it is. I think they overblow the story a little bit. It's it's too self serious. Obviously it's Rockstar, so they're gonna do that. There was less lightheartedness than I felt in the first two where they were just like, Yeah, we're gonna be super serious about this, but we're also gonna be really fucking weird. This is just like um, I hate my life, and I'm gonna shave my hair, and I've got a pot belly, and uh, I, uh, I'm a drunk. Uh, oh my god! And they fucking threw me into this cesspit. I was just—I just want to die. I, uh, I just—I wouldn't care if I dragged myself to death and and woke up tomorrow six feet under, you know, with a bottle of painkillers in my left eye socket and my skull with a grin on it because I've got painkillers in my system and I died happy. And oh, everything's so fucking depressing. Eh. Eh. Did you overdo it, Rockstar? Yeah, he kind of did. Um, gone are the comic book panels, panels. There are a lot of, like, stylized on-screen, like, blur effects and, you know, hologram effects, and sometimes when people say certain phrases, those phrases appear on the screen as, like, gra- as stylized words. Great. Because, you know, I need that. You know? Oh, look at look at all... Maybe I'm jaded, or maybe I'm just too sarcastic for that type of stuff, but whatever. I thought that was too overblown, but it still did not ruin... My overall enjoyment of the game. I'm glad that I played it. It was a nice, healthy 12-hour game. 
a nice cathartic game. Um, the a game where I wish it didn't have on rail segments, but it does. Uh, maybe two more than it needs, but again, you shoot stuff and you go in slow motion, and it does that well, and that's all I wanted out of it. So that game's done. Um, I'm probably gonna uninstall it in a few days after I've gotten my fill of like the extra stuff, like you know New York Minute and stuff. That that mode comes back. Um, good game. Makes me want to play Max Payne 2 instead, though. I will say that. Um, I went back to Assassin's Creed. I shouldn't have, because I should be playing new games, but I did. And I'm currently getting every, um, what's it called? Every sink on every tower. And I shouldn't be. It's a waste of time. But I've uh. also been playing Half Minute Hero. Al played that already. Talked all about that. He's right. Fuck that time goddess. Money grubbing bitch. Um been playing Hero Academy. So, I've recently gotten a little bit more strategic about my Hero Academy play. Hero Academy is basically like a um, a combination of chess and advanced wars. Um, where you, you know, you, you can play as different sects. Not S-E-X, S-E-T-S. With different strengths and weaknesses and different character types. And it's really cool. I spent about $7 on it to get all the different sects. Um, but you do have to get really chessy about it. And I'm terrible at chess. My friend who plays chess, um, like, repeatedly demolishes me. Because I'm not, I'm thinking more on an advanced wars type of, like, you know, just, you know, how do I tactically get myself into this position and less about, think 10 moves ahead. Think about the way that these characters can move and what they're, I, I, I can't, I'm terrible at these games. I'm terrible. So I, I just don't do it. Um, and only recently have I been starting to think about, like, well, this character has a two-square range, two range of attack, and this one has one, but it's stronger. So, you know, put this guy in front of that guy so that, you know, when, when, when he... It's chess. I, I'm terrible at chess, but I'll still play it. Um, I played a little bit of, and will probably uninstall Super Crate Box, because I played that shit for about two hours. Had a whole lot of fun with it. Discovered that it only has three arenas, and, you know, I've been collecting crates to get weapons and stuff like that. It is basically just, like, if you were to turn Mario Brothers, and I mean the original Mario Brothers, into a game where the objective is to collect as many crates as you could and keep on shooting things with the random weapons that they force upon you and stay alive as long as possible, that's that's the game. It's a whole lot of fun, and it's very short. So, well, I should say it's sh- it's short in terms of how many levels you can unlock. I've only unlocked maybe three or four, and then, like, no- nothing else is opening up to me. It also crashes a lot, and that's really poor. Um, I should mention that I'm on Windows 8, so perhaps it's that. But, you know, I think I spent $3 on it. Maybe, no, I probably spent a dollar on it, a dollar fifty on it. I played for two hours. I had a blast. I may break it out again. I don't think I'll un- uninstall it because it's not going to save me that much hard drive space. Um, but, you know, I'll probably never touch it again, except for once in a while, I'm like, you know, I just want to fucking shoot stuff and just for like five minutes until it crashes and, you know, whatever. I'm done with that game, but not done to the, to the point where I'd never play it again. Got all the courses in Worms Crazy Golf. That game I would probably leave installed just for like a rainy day when friends come over, but otherwise I'm done with that game. 
Um, and next up, I don't know what I want to do. Uh, Al's been playing a lot of Radiant Historia. Radiant Historia, yes. And he he's 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 vouching for it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can get a copy of that. Um, I don't know that I'll work on that next. I think I want to get to um, Fire Emblem DS and then graduate to Fire Emblem 3DS. Couple things on the docket. Couple of things. So little time. Been selling off old video games that I have not opened. Chaos Field for the GameCube. Never opened it. Sold it. Because what the hell am I doing? Why did I buy Chaos Field? Half of these games that I have, the only games that I can completely justify buying are my DS and 3DS games because I know that at some point in my life I will get to each and every one of them. Not the, not the downloadable ones. Those are also why the fuck did I buy these games. Half my Steam library is why did I buy these games. The only ones that I know that I will get to are the hardware, hardware are the DS carts because, like, I don't know, each and every one of them are something that I can imagine myself playing, like, for real. Um, I can't even say that about my console games. I really couldn't. Was Ninja Gaiden 2 good? Probably not as good as Ninja Gaiden 1, but still probably a lot of fun. Will I ever play it? At this point in my life, I don't know. I I really don't know. I didn't beat Ninja Gaiden 1. <sighs> so, you know, don't, if you're, I'm going to put it this way. If you love video games, and you're like 15 right now, and if you're 15, God bless you for finding this stupid website and podcast. I don't know how you're interested in it. And, and you love games. But you don't envision yourself being in the games business, whether a creator or a journalist or a media t- or any other media type. And you don't see yourself having a life where you will be able to allot more than two hours a day to, to game playing. Don't buy every game that you think you'll want to play. Really spend a lot of time narrowing down. If I were to get this game, will I actually play it in the next year? And chances are the answer is no, right? The answer is probably going to be no if you're not one of the types of people who amass games and spend a lot of time playing them because uh, believe me i i love this medium i really love this medium i just love a lot of other things about life too and that's not that that's not to to, to decry the medium it's just just me i love basketball i love television i love reading now reading about nutrition and stuff like that is what interests me these days um and and you know i love I've gotten into taking walks, and taking a walk takes about an hour to two hours out of my day. Uh, so, you know, I've just got a lot of things that I like to do, you know, aside from this medium that I really, really hold near and dear to my heart. So I just don't have time to play everything that I own and all the things that I amassed over the, I want to say, 13 years since I've had my own income, since I tar- started taking part-time jobs, right? So don't amass a huge collection if you really, really don't know for sure that you will actually play these things, you know, unless you're the type of person who wants to do this for collector's sake and sell them off, then then you're on your own. Focus on the ones that are really appealing to your sensibilities. Focus on the ones that are coming out of left field. Focus on the short ones. If you're going to build up a mass, 
right? So that you can get through all of them and enjoy them. With the digital age coming, there's a larger likelihood that the things that you want will be there 10 years from now. Guaranteed? No, no, not at all, but more likelihood, right? I bought... What was it? I bought... No, not Persona. Um, um, I bought the Lunar games on PlayStation because I thought they would be rare, and I didn't want to not have them. Lunar Silver Star Story Complete came out on PSP, so I got that instead, and I sold off my original thing. Lunar Eternal Blue hasn't come out, so I still have the original PlayStation copy, right? I I still want that. I feel like I might play that one day, but maybe I shouldn't have, right? It's not... It doesn't seem interesting enough to me to want to hold on to that and then say, I know that I've been waiting for, you know, X game, X JRPG to play, but I'm, you know, going to put that aside to give Lunar Eternal Blue some love because I've had it. I I might not do that, right? So is it worth it? I don't know. Unless you want to sell it off as an investment. I don't know. So, you know, Pick things out of left field. Pick things that you really, really know that you will play. And I say within the next year because chances are you're not going to get to it. And at least by limiting it to what you think you'll get to in the in the coming year, you can eliminate everything else. That like, oh, I think I'll get this get to this from five years from now. Then like, if if that's what your attitude is to that game, don't buy it. And if you have the hankering to play it. See if it comes out on a Steam sale or a downloadable sale or something. That Steam's worked out for me, at least monetarily, right? Because even though I I have half the shit that I do, and I'm going, why don't I have this game? Well, you know why? Because it costs a dollar. So save yourself some money, buy a house, and get married, and buy that dollar game on Steam. I got Max Payne for ten dollars. More than worth it. Twelve hours for ten dollars. Versus twelve hours for sixty dollars. Hey, you know. Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, I will figure out what to do with our podcast, um, and hopefully, I'll, I'll be able to scrounge up some time this weekend to maybe do a little write up on on certain games that I've been playing or or, or some video. Uh, and you know, I apologize that we haven't been active, but you know, hey. We're not, uh, we're, we're, and I should emphasize this, and, and I like to think this is part of the charm of the content that we put up. We're, we're just dudes who like to play games. We're just dudes who like to talk about them. And if you want to hear about it or read about it, great. And if you don't, that's fine, because there's other shit that you can find on this medium from much better people. Excuse me, I got the hiccups. For much better people than ourselves. So, but they're still not us. So, anyway, that is it. Maybe some outro music. I don't know. <laughs>